Hello dear listeners, this is part 5 of Mahashweta's by Sudhamurti. I'm truly very sorry that I've not consistently uploaded my podcast as I was seriously really busy. I had my exams going on. I'm super sorry. But I promise you that I will not keep you waiting after this. I'll make sure that I finish this story right away. So thank you so much for bearing with me all this time. And I'll make sure that you guys won't regret it. So I have, I hope that you have a you know, great time listening to the story. Because if you have not checked out my before parts on this story, then please do check it out. Because it's a wonderful story. You will seriously love it. I don't want to give spoilers, but you will love it. So, I hope you have a great time enjoying. So, this is part 5 of Mahashweta by Sudha Murthy. And here I start. When Anand told Radhaka that he had chosen the girl he wished to marry, she listened in silence. Radhaka was a woman of few words. She never let her emotions get the better of her. No one could ever make out what was going through her mind. Though Radhaka was in her early fifties now, traces of her beauty still remained. After all, she had not known much suffering in her life. Radhaka had sharp, piercing eyes that never held any sign of gentleness or friendliness. On the contrary, her striking looks made people nervous. They sometimes said that if she had been born in the last century, she would definitely have been a queen. Her her late husband, Gopala Rao, had been a very successful contractor, but he had always been scared of his wife. They had two children, Anand and Gita. Anand was born five years into her marriage, the result of many pilgrimages and prayers for a male child. He was the apple of her eyes, a fountain of joy in her barren life. She would smile when when he smiled, and when he wept, gloomed would descend on her. Even though they had several servants at home, it was she who fed and looked after him. Anand grew up in a sheltered environment. He was good at studies and extremely obedient to his mother. He always felt she was the person responsible for all his progress. Anand inherited his mother's looks and his father's intelligence. His his sister Girija was born five years later after him. She had been brought up like a princess, good-looking and extremely arrogant. Kirija behaved harshly with everybody and nobody had the courage to remonstrate with her. Radhaka would always find excuses for her conduct. Oh, she is only a child, after all, she would say. Kirija was not good at studies, but no one bothered about it. The house was named Lakshminivas. It was aptly named in every way. It was a big mansion in a large plot of land. Every Dipavali... Radhaka would organize a big puja for the goddess Lakshmi and the entire town would be invited for the celebration. Radhaka was extremely orthodox and narrow-minded. When her husband died, the thought that she was a widow made her feel very uncomfortable, although she had no financial worries. 
With the death of her husband, she felt she could no longer celebrate the puja of the goddess, given the attitudes and conventions prevailing in the small town where she lived. She believed that only Anand's wife could now perform the Lakshmi puja, and she was waiting for him to get married. Although he had won a scholarship to go to England for higher studies, Radhaka would not let him go until after his marriage. The villa schoolmaster, Shamarao, Shamanna, as he was called, was teaching mathematics in the veranda of his home to a group of students who were from well-off families. In keeping with the usual custom in the village, no money was paid to the teacher, but the children brought him coconuts, vegetables, and other produce from the lands and fields. Shamanna's mind was not on what he was teaching. He was impatiently waiting to hear the sound of the village, postman's cycle bell. Since the small village was located some distance from the district headquarters, the postman came once a week. He not only delivered the letters, but if necessary, also would read them out and wrote the replies as dictated to him. He would stay at the village master's house and leave the following morning for the next village. Basuda, Shimana and Sabaka's daughter was helping her mother in the kitchen. Though Sabaka was busy chopping vegetables, she came out every five minutes to see if the postman had come. The postman, Papana, bought a pile of letters when he arrived. There were two letters for Shamana. He, on, he opened one and began reading. The children noticed that he was occupied and started whispering among themselves, the whispers quickly turning into a quarrel. The noise di- distracted Shamana. He was already upset by the contents of the letter and this unruly behavior angered him further. Children, go home now. For your homework, write out the multiplication tables from 21 to 33 three times each and show it to me tomorrow. The children behaved as if the doors of a cage had been opened and they disappeared within moments. The letter Shamana was reading was from the father of a boy who had come with a marriage proposal. Anupama, though the eldest, had told her father very clearly that she did not want to marry just yet. As she wished to pursue her studies or start working, she also requested her father to go ahead with Nanda's marriage. As Nanda was not interested in studying and was ready to get married, he had tried to arrange a marriage and she had been seen by a prospective bridegroom and his family. It seems her eldest daughter Anupama is doing her Emmy in the city. Our son happened to see her in a play and liked her immensely. If he did not object to it, instead of her second daughter, we will prefer an alliance with your eldest daughter. We do not expect any dowry. Whatever you choose to give will be sufficient. We will be very happy if you accept this proposal. Please do not misunderstand us. After all, marriages are made in heaven. We are sure Nanda will get a better match. Oh, is there a letter from the Patils? It's been a while since they came to see Nanda. Sabaka asked excitedly when he came from the kitchen. Sorry, when she came from the kitchen. Yes, this letter is from them, but they have not approved of the match. The color drained from Sabaka's face. That day, they spoke as if they wished to go ahead with the alliance. What made them change their mind? Well, they have changed their mind now. Why? The same old story. This boy too wants to marry Anupama, Shamana replied hesitantly, knowing what her reaction would be. Sabaka was furious. When? Did that fellow see Anu? 
You never even mentioned her name. Did you say anything? No, it seems he saw her in a play. Sabaka's anger knew no bounds. The Sapsara would get married herself and insist on destroying many girls' lives. The sound of Nanda sobbing fooled Sabaka's animosity towards Anupama. She went in and tried to console her heartbroken child. Shamana started reading the next letter. When he had read it, he was overcome with surprise. He reread it to make sure that he understood the contents correctly. He could hardly contain his joy and excitement as he called out to Sabaka. What is it? I'm busy. Do you remember my old school friend, Dr. Desai? Ah, the famous professor. Will you tell him to find a good bridegroom for our daughter? Sabaka was desperate to see her own daughters married. She said, I have two daughters to be married, and looking out for suitable alliances is no jokes. You do not need to worry about Anu. She will always have boys chasing after her. Stop talking rubbish about Anu. She will never look twice at any boy. If the boys chase after her, it is not her fault. Dr. Desai has written about a boy. His name is Anand. He is also a doctor. His father was Gopala Rao, a very famous contractor. We will never be able to match their expectations. Tell the doctor to just suggest someone within our reach. Mm, that is true, but Anand has seen Anupama and... Uh, and what? Sabaka heart skipped a bee. She fervently prayed that such a rich boy would not choose Anupama. But God was deaf to her prayers. Dr. Desai had written that Anupama, that Anand likes Anupama and has asked me to send Anupama's horoscope to Anand's mother. Sabaka was silent. What do you think? Anything I will say will appear unkind. I'm only her stepmother after all. You are her father, so you decide. Shamana tried to reason with his wife. You are her mother. Anu has always been respectful towards you. Why do you always find fault with her? If the boy likes her, it is not her doing. Tell me what you think. If you really want to know my opinion, don't proceed with this match. There is no comparison between their financial status and ours. Matters should always be among equals. What is wrong with my brother Ranga? He might be a little dark, but he also has a diploma in engineering. So what if the age difference is 10 years? He won't ask for a paisa. Anupama will listen to you if you talk to her. No, he is not the right match for our Anu. As a mother, you should not suggest anything like that. I do not differentiate between Anu and Nanda. If Ranga agrees to marry Nanda, I will be all for it. Inside, Nanda was gazing at the ceiling of the old house. There were cobwebs everywhere, and the sun was peeping in through the broken tiles. She told herself, Even if everyone agrees to this, I will not. She knew very well that Ranga would never approve of her dark skin and large nose. Shamana did not talk until lunchtime. Sabaka took his silence as a positive sign. Please let me think it over. Let us not proceed. We neither know who these people are, nor we don't know what their intentions could be. 
Isn't it a little unusual that such a rich and handsome doctor wants to marry our poor daughter? There might be something wrong with the boy that they have not disclosed. I want to send Anu's horoscope to them. The Sai would not have written to me without verifying all that. He knows we're not rich. This is a godsend to us. I will not be able to find a better match than this for Anu, even if I spend my whole life searching for it. If Anu says no, I will convince her to agree. She is still young and does not know what the world is like. Shamana got busy copying Anu's horoscope. Sabaka lit the lamp in front of the family deity and prayed that the horoscopes should not match. Nanda, on the other hand, silently wished that the horoscopes would be compatible so that Anu would finally be out of her life. Unaware of the tornado brewing at home, Anupama continued with her studies. Radhaka was silently swaying back and forth on the swing in her home. Lakshmini was. Her confident and advisor, the family praised Narayana, sat before her as if awaiting her orders. Avva, what will you do now? Radhaka was Avva to everyone. Narayana, do the horoscopes really match? How is the girl's horoscope? Ava, the horoscopes match perfectly. The girl's horoscope is excellent. Anand is my only son. What about children? Oh, the horoscope shows only male children. Of all the horoscopes that had been matched with Anand, so far this horoscope was the most compatible. Kirija walked in while they were talking. She was in her first year MA and had seen Anupama in the college. Radhaka asked for her daughter's opinion. Ava, she's poor but very good-looking. No wonder Anand likes her, he said. She said. Radhaka was lost in thought. She could not think of any plausible agreements and arguments against this proposal. On what basis could she refuse her consent to this match? Anupama's poverty was the only drawback. But she could not cite that that as was the only reason for her objection. People would call her greedy. She wondered what stand she should take. If someone as pretty as Grija admitted that she was good-looking, which boy would not want Anupama? If Radhaka rejected the proposal, Anand would probably argue with her about it. What if he instead insisted on marrying the god regardless of what she said? She would lose face and that was the last thing she wanted. Then another thought struck her. What if Anand went to England without getting married and bought home an Englishwoman as his wife? The very idea made Radhaka break out in a sweat. The community gossips would say, Look at Radhaka's sons. He has brought home a foreigner for his wife. Says Radhaka right for being so choosy. How could a woman from another land uphold the customs and traditions that had been handed down to them by their ancestors and had now become inextricably woven into the fabric of their lives? She thought of the family and children, the inheritance, the grandchildren, and she shivered. Surely it would be better to have a poor girl as her daughter-in-law. 
rather than a girl from another community. She could not bear to think of the disgrace if that were to happen. Suddenly, Radhaka pushed the swing back and forth. She would have to make a crucial decision soon. If she agreed to the alliance, Anand would be happy, and it would earn Anupama's undying gratitude. People would praise her. Look at Radhaka, how large-hearted she is. She's accepted a poor girl when she could have gotten a daughter-in-law from a better background. Gently, she pressed her foot down on the floor and stopped the swing. Her mind was made up now. Narayana chose an auspicious day for the engagement and tell the girl's father that I would like to see her once before that. Radhaka said wearily, So Anupama is going to become my sister-in-law, Thagirija, when she heard her mother's decision. Anupama was surprised when Shamana turned up at the hospital unexpectedly. He did visit her once or twice a year, but only when he had some official work in the city. And he always informed her of his plans beforehand. It never dropped in on her unannounced in the six years that she had been away from home. Anupama thought Shamana looked more her god than the last time she had seen him. Perhaps the worry of taking care of three daughters on his meager income made him appear pale and careworn all the time. Anu, I want to talk to you about something important. Let's go out for a while. Anupama took, home, took him to a stone bench under a big banyan tree within the hostel campus. On full moon lights, the hostel girls usually sat on the benches around the tree and... Anupama had often entertained her friends by singing songs late into the night. Father and daughter sat down and Shamana explained why he had come. Anupama was surprised. Appa, I, I cannot get married now. I'm, I'm still in my final year. I want to take up a job and help you financially. Anu, don't be foolish. You won't get a better match than this. You've never been a burden to me. You've always studied on scholarships and you've always been sending the money that you save. For my sake, please don't say no to this proposal. Appa, these people are very rich. We cannot meet their expectations. If you take a loan, who will repay it? Nanda and Vasudha are yet to be married. And there are still two more months to go before I complete my MA. Anupama was taken aback by this sudden turn of events. Anu, I've told them about my financial status. Don't worry about Nanda and Vasu. I will get them married on my pension and I promise you that I will not take any loans. You can complete your MA after marriage. By the way, Anu, have you seen the boy? How is he? Anupama did not reply. How could she describe Anu to her father? Could she say, I am Rohini and he is Chandra? Or I'm Lakshmi and he be my Narayana. He is irresistible, the very picture of man Mata. And I fell in love with him the moment I saw him. It was the day Anand was to meet Anupama. In the presence of the elders in the family to complete the formality of bright seeing. Even though the match was uncertain, Radhaka had insisted on seeing Anupama before agreement to the engagement. Since Radhaka was very traditional, 
She felt that Anupama should not enter Lakshmi Nivas until and after the marriage, and she decided to see Anupama in Dr. Desai's house. After all, Lakshmi comes in the form of a daughter-in-law, and she must enter the house at an auspicious time, with her right foot overturning to the measure of rice that would be kept on the threshold in order to bring prosperity to her in-laws. Anupama had acted in many plays, but this was real life and she was overcome with shyness. Pundarika was going to be her husband and her future would be linked with his wife. Not in her wildest dream had she even thought that she would meet Anand in such circumstances. Anupama entered the room where Anand sat with his family, Dr. Desai, Vasumati and Shamana. Since she had nothing appropriate to wear for such occasion, Sumitra had lent her a brick red sari, her long plate, dark red bangles and small drop earrings made Anupama look more stunning. Anand's eyes never wavered from her face as she sat opposite to him. Was this the same Anupama who had told him that tickets and acted in the play? wondered Anand. Kirija looked at Anupama enviously. She would now be a competitor for Anand's affections. All along, Anand had been theirs. Now, and he would belong to Anupama, and there was nothing that they could do to prevent this. Radhaka had taken one look at Sham Rao's threadbare coat and dhoti and immediately assessed his financial position. Noting the absence of the girl's stepmother, she surely guessed the nature of the relationship between Anupama and Sabaka. Looking at Radhaka's ornaments and Anand's Mercedes symbols of a world totally alien to him, Shamana had grown so painfully aware of his limitations that he had not spoken at all. It was Dr. Desai who broke the silence. Anand, do you want to say anything? he asked. Anand shook his head. After what could he say? This was hardly the time or place to express his love for Anupama or extol her beauty. Anu, do you want to say anything? asked Vasumati. What was there to say? Anand had long heard the song in her heart, noticed the glow in her face. Anupama sat without speaking, her head bowed, her eyes downcast. It was Radhaka who had the last word. We have a very large circle of friends and relations. So we want the wedding to be held at our house and at our expense. Radhaka had carefully masked her disappointment. She was a practical woman and had realized that it would be impossible for Anupama's father to conduct the marriage in a manner befitting their status. This was only the solution after all. She had to maintain in her standing in the community. Radhaka looked at Shamana and continued, You can call as many people as you want. Don't bother about the expense. Anand and Shamana were surprised by her magnanimity. For the first time that evening, Anupama lifted her head and looked at her future mother-in-law with gratitude. There was no sign of happiness or warmth on Radhaka's face, but there was a knowing gleam in her eyes for a moment. Anupama shivered. Tune in to part 6 to know what happens next. I hope you guys had a great time listening to this. And thank you so much for taking out your precious time and listening. 
to this podcast. So do definitely check out part six. Till then, take care, guys, and have a great day. Bye and thank you.